his name was the great Ronaldo. He was a famous tightrope walker in the early 1900s. You, you don't hear much about tightrope, tightrope walkers nowadays, but in his time, in his time, he was something special. He was well known. In fact, he would set up his stunts in large cities and, and whenever he did, huge crowds would show up. Uh, most of the people showed up to see him walk across the tightrope. Let's just be honest. Now, some of it, you know who you are. Some of them showed up hoping that he would fall and then they would say, yeah, I was there when the guy fell off the wire. But whenever he set up a stunt, crowds were just enormous. And, and so one day he set up his, his, his event in Chicago and the tightrope spanned from one side of the Chicago River across to the other side. And the day came for the event, and sure enough, the crowds were massive. There were people everywhere. And he, he, he got up on the platform on one side to which the rope was attached, and uh, and the crowd just went crazy. They began to cheer and chant his, na- chant his name, Ronaldo. Oh, it was just, it was great. And finally, f- finally, as it, it reached a fever pitch, he just raised both of his hands and to quiet the crowd. They finally quieted down, and, and he just asked this simple question. Do you think... Do you believe that I can walk across this tightrope? And they erupted in applause. Yes, we do. And in fact, on the other side of the river, there was another platform, another crowd of people. They cheered too because they heard him say they, they started cheering. They said, we believe, we believe you can do it. And, and up on the rope, he went, had his big old balancing pole in his hand and, and he took a couple steps across the tightrope and then he kind of bobbled a little bit. Uh, which was kind of his, his MO. He would do that on purpose. And then he kind of looked back at the crowd and just smiled a, a, a wry smile like, yeah, I, I, I've got this. And man, he just sped across the other side, got the other side to, to a crowd cheering, jumped down. And man, people were, were a fever pitch excited. And, 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 and after a while, he put his hands up to quiet that crowd and they quieted down. He said, said, do you believe that I can walk across this tightrope? And, and just about that time, a couple of the, the guys that were helping him tossed up a, a wheelbarrow up onto the tightrope. Do you believe that, that I can walk across the tightrope pushing this wheelbarrow? The crowd just said, roared ex- excitement. We believe you can do it, Ronaldo. We believe. And so up on the tightrope, he went balancing his pole with the, with the wheelbarrow and across he went. He took a few steps, bobbed a little bit. They gasped and he just turned back and smiled and, and on he went. He got the other side. They were cheering. He, he jumped off and, and, and finally raised his hands one last time and quieted the crowd. He said, do you believe, do you believe that I can walk across this tri- tightrope pushing a wheelbarrow with an adult man inside the wheelbarrow? The crowd just cheered their excitement. We believe, Ronaldo, we believe you can do it. And up on the tightrope he went with the wheelbarrow and his, his pole in hand. And before he took off, he turned around and looked back at the crowd. Okay, I need a volunteer. Uh See, see, it's one thing to believe. It's a whole nother thing to have the kind of faith that puts your life in the wheelbarrow. This morning, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 20. We're going to see the resurrection story from the book of John. And, and you're going to see right in the middle of this well-known and beloved story, right in the middle of, of, of this resurrection story, we see a question that is asked. Uh, now, my, maybe not literally asked, but the question comes up. And, and here's the question. It's really what we're, we're after this morning. It's what I want you to kind of think of this morning. Here's the question. What do you believe? 
What do you believe? If you have your Bibles, open up. If not, there's a, a pew Bible in front of you, uh, in the pew in front of you. Grab that. Turn to John chapter 20. We're going to read a couple sections because we see two different responses. We see two different opportunities that, that I think we probably have ourselves. Look with me, John chapter 20, the first nine verses, then we'll, we'll move down uh, and read a little bit more. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples. Actually, she ran back into town to where they were. Uh, She said the one, um, uh, let me get right, she she came back running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple uh, started for the tomb. The, the, The other disciple was John. It was the apostle John who actually wrote this this book? So kind of keep that in mind. Uh, they they ran to the front, but they were both running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, looked into the stripes at the stripes of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple. That's John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. Now catch this. He saw and believed. He saw and believed. And, and, and note verse 9, they still did not understand from Scripture what that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Here's the question. Here's the question. Verse 8, he saw and believed. What does that mean? What does that mean? We, we actually can take that two different ways. When, when, when they got there and they looked in, they saw the belief, we can, we can assume that he meant they believed that Jesus had, had raised from the dead. They believed the resurrection. That fits nicely into the rest of the story. It fits nicely into Easter Sunday. It fits nicely into what we know happens next. We, we know that they get to that place. We know Jesus appears to them later on, and, and they realize that he's raised from the dead. It fits nicely into that story. But there's also another way that we could take it, and I actually believe this is the, the correct way. He only believed that Jesus was gone. He only believed that the tomb was empty. He only believed that there wasn't a body there. Uh, verse 9 would tend to, to, to support that idea because verse, remember what verse 9 said? They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus was to rise from the dead. Remember, John's the one that's writing this. He's writing this about himself. I looked in, I believed, but I still didn't realize scripture said it was going to happen. So, so his belief, I, I, I think was not not that Jesus was raised from the dead, but that Jesus simply wasn't there. Now, now, if you have John open, flip, uh, flip past uh, down uh, to to some later verses. Now, this is verses twenty four to twenty nine. We we know this story. It's when Jesus appeared to to the apostle Thomas. Now, Jesus had had already appeared to the other the other ten at this time. He'd already showed himself, and they had believed in the correct way. But look, uh, look at that story. I just want, want you to notice. Now, Thomas, called Didymus, was one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the, and we know this, we know we, he gets his name, Doubting Thomas, unless I see the nail marks in his hand, put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, 
hey, hey, doubting Thomas, do this. Put your finger here in my, my hands. Reach out your hand and put in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Now, notice what verse 28 says. Thomas said to him, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Now, there, there's two types of belief in those two sections of Scripture. There, there's one that looks into the empty tomb and says, yep, yep, the tomb's empty. Uh, and, and then there's the type of faith that says the tomb is empty and responds, my Lord. I'm, I'm asking you this morning, so we ask this question, what do you believe? Do you have the faith that, do you have the faith that John and, uh, and Peter had at that first time? Now, later on, they believed that Jesus had, had raised, but do you have that kind of faith that looks in the, the, the tomb and believed that it was empty, but didn't change their thinking? Now, now, if you want to, just look at verse 10 and notice what it says there in verse 10 of chapter 20. Then the disciples, speaking of John and Peter, then the disciples went back to their homes. What? Their, their world had just crumbled. Uh, Jesus had died on the cross. If, if they had looked in the tomb and believed that Jesus really was alive, then, then I don't think they would have just went back to their house. They would have celebrated. They would have got excited. They would have shouted at the top of their lungs. They would have, they would have gone to everyone and said, he is alive. He's risen. But it says they went back. They just went back to their houses. What do you believe this morning? What kind of faith do you have? Do you, do you have the kind of faith that looks in the empty tomb and says, yep, it's empty? But at the end of the day, you just go back to your house and it has no emotional, no trans, formational, no life-changing effect on your life, or do you believe that the tomb is empty, that Jesus rose from the dead, and instead your response is, my Lord and my God? See, this is an important question because we, what we believe and how we believe changes what we think of ourselves, changes what we think of our lives, changes who we are. So this morning, let's, let's look at the reality uh, and the wonder of the resurrection and just Look, look at three, three quick things here. First of all, what we believe changes what we think about our past. What, what you believe about the resurrection, whether you truly believe it happened or, yeah, it's just kind of a nice story. That was certainly true about the disciples. They, when they realized that Jesus had indeed conquered the grave, it changed their lives. How, how did it impact their thinking? How did it impact their past? It, it impacted, in particular, the way they saw their past failures. One of the first things that had to pop into their minds when they realized that Jesus was alive, they had to think, they had to think, man, I've blown it. See, when we look at our past failures, we, we often think of them in one of two ways. Is this, is this not true? You look at our past failures, and, and we think that our past failures are, are stuck with us. We we can't do anything about them. We, we hold on to our past failures and we let them keep them da- keep us down. Or we look at our past failures and realize that the resurrection takes care of our failures. The apostles could have been frozen by their failures. Now, now think about just these two that, that we see in, in the first part of John chapter, chapter 20. Think, think of, of John. The apostle John earlier had just told Jesus that he was willing to die for him. Now, now remember what happened? We, we've talked about this in Mark chapter 10 when, when, when James and, uh, and his brother John were, 
debating about who was going to be at his right or left hand. And they, they were going to ask Jesus, let us one sit at one side, one at the other. And, and Jesus made this comment. He said, are you willing to drink the cup I'm drinking and, and be baptized with my baptism? They would have understood what Jesus was talking about. He wasn't talking about drinking a cup or baptism. He, he, they would have understood that Jesus was talking, are you willing to do what I'm going to do? Are you willing to go through what I have to go through? And John said, hey, we are willing. To do that. So in essence, John has said, Jesus, you just tell us what we have to go through and we will do it. I, I, I bet John fought back and realized when Jesus was erected, uh, arrested, what did he do? He fled. And oh, what, what about Peter? Gosh, gosh, what about Peter? P- Peter said, hey, everyone else may flee. Everyone else may turn their back on you, Jesus, but not this guy. Jesus, they'll turn and go, but you can count on me, Jesus. I'm I'm going to believe. I'm going to stay strong in my faith. And and what did Peter do? Three times he denied Jesus while Jesus was under trial until that rooster crowed and he went away bitterly. So so when they saw Jesus, they they had to be thinking. They had to be thinking, what about my past failures? What what about all the play, the things I did wrong? I uh, several years ago visited with a guy named Gary. I sat down in Gary's living room and uh, began to talk to him. And he he began to talk uh, immediately about his past. Uh, I, I just sat and listened as he as he went on and on about all the mistakes he had made in his life. And 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 it was easy to see that that these mistakes, these past failures, were very real to him. They were very fresh to him. They 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 really impacted. You could see the pain in his face. And 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 as he Continued to talk and tears started to come down his cheeks. You could see the hurt was, the hurt was real and it was just as, as fresh then as it had been when these events took place. And he, he went on to tell me how, how his, uh, his life had affected so many people and his failures had ex- affected so many people and, and he was just overwrought with that. I, I, I let him talk till he was talked out and, and then I began to talk to him. I, I reminded him that Jesus, the one who conquered the grave could deal with his past. The, the, the Jesus who, who rose from the grave could forgive and would forgive anything that he had done. And, and for a second, he, it looked like he believed the power of the cross. It looked like he believed in that message of the resurrection. For a second, his eyes seemed to lift. The hurt in his face seemed to ease a little bit. He seemed to embrace what I had said, but almost as quickly, uh, it went away. The pain returned, the hurt returned, and he continued to talk. He continued to talk about his failure. What we believe about the resurrection matters when it comes to our past failures. See, they're part of our lives, and and every one of us have some of those regrets. Maybe some of them are deeper than others. Some of them are more painful than others, but we all have those past failures. We all have those things in our, in, in our past. We wonder, well, what, what does God think of me now? What can God do with me now? But if we believe, not that the tomb was just empty, but that Jesus rose from the grave, then he can handle our past failures. And not only that, he can it affects the way we see our past accomplishments. Let me, let me ask the, let me ask this question. Uh, and I don't, you don't need to yell this out, but you can come up to me later and give me an answer if you've got an answer to this. What is the appropriate age? What is the appropriate age 
to start thinking about your own obituary. Now, some of you are thinking that is a weird question. And if you're thinking that, then you're too young. But some of you, some of you are like, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. That makes sense. I've been thinking about that. Here recently, I don't know why it popped up. I, I, nothing's going on in my life. I'm not sick or anything or, but, but that kind of popped in my head and I began to think about what will my obituary look, look like? And, 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 and then I, I began to think, you know, sometimes you read in the paper, someone will die and there'll be just like one short paragraph of, about a person's life. And you often, you look at that and you think, his, his family couldn't come up with something more than that? One little paragraph, and then, then you feel bad. Maybe this guy was just did nothing in his whole life. And then you'll, you'll read those. Don't you read those sometimes where they're like in the newspaper, they're like half a page long, and I'm thinking, okay, that's a little excessive. Maybe you don't need quite that much about yourself. Okay, I know you're a good guy. You volunteered a lot, but maybe that's a little too much. So, so I began to think about what, what, uh, what will my family, what will my wife, and She's told me that I'm going to die first, so, so she'll be the one doing it. Uh, what will my wife and my kids put in my obituary? And then I got thinking, well, what if they leave something out that I think is important? <laughs> Maybe I should write my own. <laughs> See, the resurrection and what we believe about it affects how we see our past accomplishments. Whether there are spiritual victories whether the spiritual things that the disciples could have liked. Peter definitely could have looked back and said, yeah, man, I did some cool stuff. Remember that time Jesus sent, out, sent us out two by two and we cast out demons and we, we healed the sick? Was that not a great thing? Remember the time I walked on the water? Man, I'm the only one beside Jesus to ever do that. Okay, I only went a couple steps before I sunk, but, but still I did that. that. Man, that was pretty cool. Maybe, maybe you look at some of our past spiritual accomplishments and think that's pretty good or or maybe we look at our past lives and 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 the disciples could have looked and said well yeah we had our own fishing boat and and Matthew might have said man I had a successful tax collecting uh, uh business but how do we see our past not just failures but our past accomplishments um let's let's look at the next point and maybe it'll speak to that a little bit what See, see, what we believe changes what we think about your now. If we look at an empty tomb and, and we just say, yep, the tomb's empty, then we just go home and it doesn't change us. We remain the same. It doesn't change our now much. But if we believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he won the battle over sin and death, then it changes our now. See, it changes our purpose. The disciples knew that their lives were different now. They, they didn't languish in their past failures. They, they didn't need to rejoice in their past victories. They knew that Jesus had a purpose for them. Now, now catch this. They didn't know what it was. They, they, they had no idea what their purpose was. In fact, Jesus had told them just since he was raised from there, two different times Jesus told them to go somewhere and wait. He told them first, hey, go, the gospels tell us, he said, go to Galilee and wait for me. So they went to Galilee and hung out until Jesus showed up again. And then right before he was, was ascended into heaven, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait. And then they, at that time they had to go and wait 10 days before something happened. He said, but go and wait and, and God's going to show up and do something pretty excited. See, they knew that, they knew that God was going to do something big. They knew that Jesus had an unbelievable purpose for their life. They just didn't know what it was. See, what you believe matters. 
if it's just, yep, the tomb's empty, then you go back to your, you go back to your home and you get up Monday morning and you go to work. And, and you start thinking about how am I going to afford that new car that I want to buy? How am I going to afford that new house that, that, that I really would like to move into with my family? How, how am I going to afford that boat that man would really make, make summers great for me? How am I going to, how am I going to cover that vacation that will just bring us such joy? Or maybe you just get on with the business of raising kids and, and doing your job and living your life. But if Jesus rose, then he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you. And, and not just a purpose. He doesn't just show us our purpose. He shows us his plan. He shows us his plan. See, we can easily miss our purpose and his plan for our life if we take our eyes off Jesus. We take our eyes off the power of the resurrection. Several years ago, a friend of mine, his name's Jerry. Jerry's uh, going on to be with the Lord now. But uh, my, my friend Jerry was telling me about a time uh, that that he was in the field with his, his dad. His dad's name was Tom. Now, before you get it, yeah, it was Tom and Jerry. Uh, really, it was. Uh, but but uh, Jer- Jerry was telling this time they, they were going to a field and and Jerry had gone out early and began to diss the field. They were gonna gonna sow the field in uh, in in grass seed and turn it into a pasture. So Jerry had arrived early and and had about half the field disc getting it prepared for his dad. And and then his dad comes rolling in the field. His dad was getting up in years at this time. His dad come comes rolling in the field with the 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 drill behind him. And so, so Jerry pulls over and stops and helps him load the drill with grass seed and and gets him going. Said Dad. You start here and go. And so, so, so Tom took off going back and forth down drilling the seed. Jerry went on back to disc for a little while and, and, and said he, he'd kind of, and, and I forget how long he'd kind of had in his mind how long it would take to, to run out of seed. And, and when he did, when he saw his dad stop, he would go back over and, and load, reload the, the drill with seed again so his dad didn't have to get off the tractor. And, and so Jerry was kind of keeping that in mind. Now, I don't know if that was a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, but, but he kind of kept track. And when it was getting close to that time, Jerry said, I kept looking over uh, to, to see if dad had stopped. But he said, every time I looked over, there he was, just going up and down the field. And, and he thought, well, maybe I kind of miscalculated that. And so he, he went a few more trips up and down. And he looked back over again, and there, there's Tom just going up and down the field. And, and he gave it, he gave it about five more minutes. He thought, there's no way, there's no way that, that, that the, the drill has seed. So he, he pulled over, waited for dad to stop. He gets off the track and said, dad, did, did you reload the drill? I, I didn't see, did, did I miss that? And Tom's like, no. And Jerry walked back to the drill and, and what he saw was what he knew he was going to see. He, he flipped up the lid and sure enough, there wasn't a single, single seed of, of, of grass in the, in the drill. And, and Jerry and, uh, Dave and my friend Jerry Jean over here know, know him and, uh, he just shook his head and looked at him and said, Dad, you're, you're out of seed. And Tom looked at Jerry, but yeah, look how much I've got done. <laughs> see, see, it's easy for us to take our eye off what our purpose is. And when we do that, we miss God's plan for our life. We, we may get a lot done. We may look back at our lives and say, yeah, but look at all the stuff I did. Look at all the things I had. Look at all the stuff I accomplished. But, but did we miss? See, 
Jesus stated, we've talked about that several times, we've been talking about it this year, Jesus stated what his purpose was. His purpose in, in Mark 10.45 was to, to not be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom. He said another time his purpose was to seek and to save that what, which was lost. See, see our, our, our purpose and our, the plan he has for our life is to do that. And see, it changes then what we think about our future. Our, our future hope. See, what we believe about the resurrection changes our hope. If Jesus did raise from the dead, we have the hope that we can become what he intends us to be. We don't have to be stuck in our past. We don't have to be mired in our present. We have the hope of being transformed. Max Lucado in, in one of his book tells the story of of a time he and his family went to an antique store. He said that's always a challenge when you take young children to an antique store. And so so for the first 15, 20 minutes, he didn't look at anything. He was just watching the kids, making sure they didn't break something expensive. But then his eye caught something that that got his attention, and he stopped for a second and began to look at that and and uh, and then realized all of a sudden that he hadn't seen his, his daughter Andrea in several minutes. Uh, and, and so he popped up, looked around. Sure enough, she was in, could not be seen, had no idea where, where, where she was. But about that same time, he heard a piano playing back deeper in the store, and it was it was beautiful music that was playing. And and for a second, he thought, "Do I go look for Andrea?" Or man, that really is intriguing. And so 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 he thought, "Well, maybe Andrea was drawn to the music too." So he walked back, and as he came around the corner, he looked, and 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 even though his view was blocked, he saw her blonde hair and the curls uh, of Andrea, and she was sitting on the piano bench, and and she was sitting there and. And he could, when he, when he caught a glimpse of the side of her face, he could see the big smile on her face. And he watched as her hands just flew back and forth across the keys. And for a second, he was just like dumbfounded. She, she had never had a single piano lesson in her life. And he stopped and kind of took a deep breath of pride, like, wow, there must be some recessed gene in in, in, in a relative somewhere, surely on my side, he said, on my side that, that has music because he, he and his wife, neither one added it. And then he said he looked a little closer and he realized what was really going on. She was sitting at the keyboard of a player piano. And as much as her hands went across the keys, she really wasn't doing any of that. It wasn't her. It was the piano doing all the work. And then he said, I realized something. I realized something. Even though... She couldn't play the piano. That day, she couldn't fail at playing the piano. See, what we think about the resurrection, what we think about the empty tomb changes how we see our hope. And finally, it changes how we see our home. The resurrection is inexplicably tied to the cross. And it's also tied to what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 when he when he was ascending into heaven, that, that he would come back, that he would return. What do you believe? What do you believe? It was uh, the year 2000. Johnny, you guys can come on up. It was the year 2000. Uh, Brian was in college, but the other three were still at home, and Rita went on a two-week vacation without me. Now, there's a reason. Her, her stepdad had... Uh, uh, had wanted to send Rita's mom to the Holy Land, and she didn't want her to go by herself. So, 
So he paid for Rita to go to the Holy Land. Now, I don't know why he didn't pay for me to go instead of Rita, but he sent Rita. And, and it was this time of year. It was actually Rita was in, on, uh, in the Holy Land on Easter that year. And, and, and so she got ready to go and packed up and she, she went with a, with a group and with her mom and her aunt and, and boy, she was excited. But before she left, she, she gave me a couple instructions. One, one instruction was to finish, uh, repairing the porch. Now we, we disagree. Um, she's not up here this time, so I'm just going to tell you emphatically, I did that. I got it done. She doesn't remember it that way, but I, I remember it that way. I know it's done today, so I, I'm sure I got it done while she was gone. But see, two things. She said, finish the porch. And the other thing she said, keep the house from looking like a wreck. Guys, have you ever had your wives tell you that? Maybe they're just gone for a, for an evening, but hey, don't let the house get a wreck. So she left. I had 12 days that she was going to be gone. And for 11 of those days, I didn't care. Um, we had a pile of dirty dishes uh, in the sink. The, the, the kids would walk by. If we didn't have forks, they'd take one out, wipe it off with a paper towel. Crystal was there, so she had at least wash it a little bit and then use it again. Not the boys and I. We just but, but about the 11th day, something hit me. She's coming back. She's going to return. And how's she going to find me? How's she going to find her house? What do you believe? Do you believe that the tomb is empty? Well, that's good. But do you really believe that Jesus rose from the grave? Would you bow? Father, we thank you that we have the promise that Jesus rose from the grave. And that changes everything. It changes how we see our past. changes how we deal with our our present, our now. Father, changes what happens to us in the future, our hope and the home that we have in you. Father, help us live like we believe. In Jesus' name. Would you stand as we sing?